Hi, this is Jalen for Dobbs, where tire buying is easy. At GoToDobbs.com, shop brands, sizes, pricing, and our amazing deals. With 40-plus locations, get same-day install. For tires, it's Dobbs. For deals you can use, click on GoToDobbs.com now. Kara Kearns moment, and we do welcome the one, the only, the great Dan McLaughlin to the studio. That's a of an intro, man. Thank you. <laughs> You're the best. You're my man. We dogs. We, we have been for many, many moons. Many, many years. Yeah. When's Good the morning, first time guys? you two met? Do you remember? Yeah, I do. I'll see if you do. I guarantee you don't, because he was a big star. Oh. Okay, and I was just a, I was just a guy running around grabbing. Back in the day, you know, the commercials ran on carts, and so behind the the producer, which you were on the other side of the glass, right? And so the so. He, let me let me try to give a visual visualization here. So you're on the air, then there's the glass, then behind that is on the producer side, the phone, the board where you could put up, you know, Joe from South City's calling in wants to talk about, you know, the 1925 Cardinals, which Randy knew the history of. <laughs> and then behind me is literally, I would say 200, 300 carts, mm-hmm. and they had little things on them like stickums or whatever. What what would what do you call those labels? Things? <laughs> Very simply put, they had labels on okay, them. Okay, okay. And so uh, I would grab then, you know, it would be, you know, Car Shield, and it would be Ryan Kelly, and it would be whatever, and then you'd have to get everything in line. And, and they, you, they, they, these looked like an eight-track tape. Okay, yeah, that's okay. the best way to put it. And and you literally would stack them next to you, and you would be the one many times that would play the spots. Oh, ma- wow. Like you'd push the button manually, and that's how we did it. So first time I, I met Randy, which Randy obviously doesn't remember, had a lasting impression on him. I was producing a show following Cardinals baseball, in which Randy always did the postgame shows. And so Randy was one of the guys that I grew up listening to, loved listening to him. And he was and, just a little tyke. Yeah, I was six at the time <laughs> uh, producing at KMOX. And Prodigy. Then, uh, <laughs> it was really a great internship program at that time. Um and so that's the first time I met Randy, and Randy treated me with the utmost respect, even though he didn't have to, and I've always tried to do that with uh, those that I work with, too. It's, it was a great lesson. Now, we've been watching uh, Last Dance. Has any coworker ever mistreated you uh, when you were just trying to do your job and get it done? Has that ever happened to you, Dan? You know, it's interesting, Randy. Um, I do remember the time that I booked Mark Sauer, and that'll never, ever happen again. I mean, Randy was upset. Rage blackout, Randy? Uh yeah, it's very. I, I've only seen it like three times, maybe in my life, uh-huh. with Randy, where he's really upset. Yeah, it takes but, a lot, right? Oh my god! And when it happens, you just get out of the way. It's one of those kind of people that you just say, "Okay, I'm uh, Uncle. I'm in. I'm out. I, I get it. I'm done." And so I booked a couple of guests for Randy because I think at the time management weren't they honest about getting some guests on or something? And yeah, and so. Can I defend myself here? Yeah, of or do you course. want to tell the story and then I'll defend well, myself? I, so the, the bottom line yeah, was... Yeah, I would like to hear both sides of this. Bottom line was I booked some guests for Randy. Randy was none too pleased and um, may have thrown a cart. I, I think he may have threw, <laughs> thrown a cart that day. And I was like, I was shaking. I was like, wow, I've never seen this guy mad and I'll never book him a guest again. <laughs> I learned my lesson. So here's what happened. Oh, this and is the truth, huh? This is. And I... Dan has always been an exceptionally hard worker, and just from that little snippet, you can tell that uh, Dan was trying really hard. So what happened was, minutes before, Rod Zimmerman, the general manager, and Tom Langmire, the program director, had brought me into Rod's office and said, uh, hey, we want you to 
produce the show and run your own board. It's going to be all you, and we aren't going to have producers anymore. And so I'm five, ten minutes out of this meeting, and I'm pissed because I want Dan there helping me out, and I, I want to have as much help as I can. And they, they're basically saying, hey, we're cutting costs, we're cutting to the bone, and we aren't going to have anything except you. And so Dan comes in and says, hey, I got you sour, and somebody else good. Dan had done a really good job. He was Amp Lee's agent. Yeah. Yeah. And, I, and he was holding out. He was holding out, and he had yeah. had a great year for the Rams. The MVP. Yeah. Yeah. And so I... Dan and tells Amp me Lee, this. by the way, too, both. But anyway, yeah. that I yeah. that's neither here nor there. So Sorry, I, Randy. And so I, I believe I said, uh, this is my blanking show. I'll book the blanking guests because they just told me to. And I did throw a card across the room and it might have broken. It did break. Because <laughs> it, it had the sound of Amp Lee's agent on it. I was like, no, no, please, no. So that that was me being Michael. Yeah, you, you did. You, I mean, it was... Last Randy, <laughs> you know, I, what, that's the only way I can put it. Last Dance has been interesting, by the way. It's been kind of fun. It really has. Don't you feel like it's the Super Bowl when you settle in on Sunday? It's like the biggest event of the week. I was thinking about this today. If we didn't have that to look forward to and maybe some of the other 30 for 30s, mm-hmm. um, and, and let's just say that it, we were having a normal NBA playoff run right now and the NHL's doing their thing and the Blues are still in it and the Cardinals are in the full swing of their season – how much attention would we be giving The Last Dance? I mean, I think it would be given a lot of attention because the interest level is there. I, I'm not sure, though, it would be getting the attention of watching it live on a Sunday night and making it appointment television where it would be, hey, I taped it and I'm going to you know, DVR it or whatever and go back and watch. But it, it's been fascinating for me. I, I've really enjoyed it. So one of the things that we've talked about is Michael Jordan's competitive nature, that fire, yeah. you know, as, as Randy spoke about. Well, we led the show talking about Derek Gould's piece on Jack Flaherty. A guy I'm going to talk about that in the show, too. Yeah, that's th- cool. Who certainly has that competitive right. nature. So when I'm, I, I mentioned this, too, I think, last week. But when I'm watching Michael Jordan and that competitive fire that he has, I'm reminded of Tony La Russa and so many great Cardinals players. And I wanted to ask you, so many of those players on those Tony La Russa teams had that mentality. Was that something that they got because of Tony, or did Tony attract players that already had that inside them both I think that they were able to acquire or draft ridiculously talented players but also guys that played with an edge I mean you you think about that that great era of Cardinals baseball and we're still in it in my opinion but it started with Tony in 96 and then kind of reshaping the quote-unquote Cardinal way and getting back to the way that he wanted to have this thing set up but I've always said this I, I think the Cardinals were great villains I mean, great villains. If you were not uh, a fan of the Cardinals, you saw coming in Dave Duncan, Tony La Russa, Yadier Molina, Albert Pujols, Scott Rowland, Jim Edmonds, Jason Isringhausen, Chris Carpenter. These were guys that played with an edge, and they just happened to be a collection of those players at the same time. And I also, to your point, think that they fed off each other. You know, winning will do that, and and so that's what made that so much fun. And I have reflected on thinking about the baseball perspective of this, watching Jordan, and I did see those guys work, man. They they worked really, really hard to the level that the that he's working on the baseball side. So it is pretty amazing to see that and how it correlates to baseball. And Walt did a great job of finding those guys. I don't know if those guys are in baseball anymore. There's there there are the Jack Flaherty's around. I don't know if you could get a group of a dozen now on one team. Oh boy. It'd be tough. I think the money's changed it too. So mm-hmm. if you have one of those guys, he's getting paid a really big portion of your salary structure anyway. So to try to collect everybody, I mean, you think about it, Edmonds, if he hit free agency, is going to make a lot more money. 
Maguire's going to make a lot more money. Roland was probably going to, I mean, hell, you know, Roland compromised with his shoulder, still made a lot of money right. because he's such a great player. And Molina and all those guys that came through, and and so it goes back to even if he signed Albert, Wayno and and Yachty probably aren't here. One or the other might be, but not both. So it'd be very tough to get a collection because of the business side and keep them all together. I, I do believe that, yeah, for sure. We're going to cross things over to uh, Scoops with Danny Mac coming up on 101 ESPN. We're right back to the Character and Smallman podcast on 101 ESPN. Michelle and Randy with you. And we're heading towards Scoops with Danny Mac here on 101 ESPN. I do want to get from you what you perceive to be the latest on baseball. And I know that we were talking off the air. You think this is a really big week for MLB? Huge week uh, because we will have uh, a proposal from MLB and the owners to the the Players Association and, um, you know, get an idea of how many games they think, uh, maybe some of the rules. I I still think the big thing is going to be money and how they divvy it up. And hopefully that does not become the sticking point uh, of what we're dealing with here because baseball and sports could be so important to what we all do and enjoy as Americans, which is having a diversion at night or whenever you take in a game, how you take in a game. So, I'm concerned about that part of it because I think it could be, you know, the optics could be bad with what's going on in our country if if it comes down to money. But I would like to think that cooler heads would prevail. And uh, I'll be talking about that on the show a little bit, too. Randy and I spoke about that a little bit earlier. And we were saying there's so many logistical obstacles to get this For done. Sure health and safety obstacles to Number get this one. done. If it came down to money, if money was the reason that this wouldn't go down, Ooh. I mean, that would not sit well with a lot of people in America. No, that's a hard sell. I mean, unemployment rate on Friday morning was 14.7, which is depression rates. So that's not going to fly with the general public. Um, and that's why I said I, I think cooler heads would prevail. I think they could look at themselves, and any sport could look at themselves, if it's safe enough and the players agree, to be a leader in trying to help our country come back. Um you know, we all miss sports. There's no doubting that. I think if we've learned anything through this pandemic is that, you know, it's easy to say, well, I don't like sports. And, you know, we put too much emphasis on sports and it's, you know, not it's not everyday life. And and I agree with that to an extent. It's not the normal person out there working, you know, nine to five. I get it. But, man, it's a part of what we do. It's a part of the enjoyment that we have, the distraction that we have, the uh, the fact we don't know the outcome of a game, you know, those kind of things. We enjoy that. And so that's why I think it's important if we can safe, safely and making sure the players are healthy to get back in and have some type of sports. And Michelle, you were telling me last week about a study that you had read about how unhappy we are as Americans. We need something to make us happy, right? right? Oh, yeah. I was telling Randy one of my quarantine activities is that I took an online course at Yale called The Science of Well-Being, and they open up the course talking about how America consistently ranks number one in unhappiness, you know, amongst mm-hmm. other countries in the world, and that basically, comparatively to other generations, we're prescribing depression and anxiety meds at 400 times the rate wow. that we were before. Yeah. And I can't imagine how those numbers have been compounded during a pandemic where people are losing mm-hmm. their jobs, people are afraid, people are losing their lives. And you're right. Sports takes us away from that to the extent that it gives us something to believe in. Yeah. It gives us something to be distracted by. It's. I mean, when I first got into this, I, my first job was in news. And I remember so desperately wanting to work into sports because it was the three minutes of the newscast that took you away from everything mm-hmm. else that was happening. And the, I, oh, I'm sorry. Oh, no, ahead. that's okay. I was just going to say, and I hope that the athletes realize how important that is right now. I, I think 
they probably do, and I'm sure that'll be emphasized in these meetings. I mean, it's got to be. And uh, you're living under a rock if you don't think that people miss sports. I guarantee they miss watching sports right. or, or catching up with their teammates and having something to do, something to look forward to. I did find it incredibly interesting watching the UFC fights uh, over the weekend. Like, I, I'm not a big UFC guy. I don't make it appointment television when it's there. But I wanted to see this and what it would be like without fans. And, you know, they had a fighter that tested positive, and yet they still were able to move on with the event. And, you know, if we're living with the virus, which is what we're all doing here, you know, how far can you go before you break if you're a sports league and say, we got to shut it down or we're going to continue to do it because we're going to, you know, work around this? Um I don't know. I, I don't. I don't think anybody has the right answer. But man, I miss sports, and I know everybody else does too. You, I'm surprised that you're that intrigued by watching a sporting event without fans. Having done the Cardinals for as long as you haven't been to Miami as many times as you have, <laughs> there's been some times where you wonder about that. <laughs> Pittsburgh was pretty, pretty dull. Some of those games too. And here's what I found, and I'll talk about this on the show: is that. That is the new normal for until we get a vaccine or however we get to to have crowds. But the thing I kind of liked about it was hearing the inner workings of the fight. Like you could hear the cornermen. Uh, one of the fighters talked about being able to hear an announcer and then shifted what he was doing to win the hmm. fight. Uh, I thought that was kind of interesting, and you're, you're going to get that in baseball. I think you're going to get that in hockey and basketball if and when they come back. Just about. You know, like basketball, switching on defense or what kind of defense you want to run. What's the offense you're going to do? Baseball, you're going to hear the conversations potentially of what happens at the plate or at first base or in the dugout or guys screaming at the opposing team, which happens way more than you would expect. I mean, guys are screaming at each other all the time. I, I kind of found that part interesting, so I, I just try to take the positive out of it. Do you guys remember, I don't. I think it was a playoff game, and it might have been a Cardinal guy that was thrown out. But it was the confusion over no, no, no versus go, go, go. Oh, yeah. On a, a, a tag play at third. Uh, somebody was tagging right. up. I do remember that, yeah. Yeah, and it, because of the crowd noise, they there was a, a miscommunication. Yep. And the player decided to go, go, go when the coach was saying no, no, no. And he got thrown out. Well, you'll hear the third base coach yelling halfway or tag up or get even the first base coach and balls that are hit to deep left or you know left center. You'll hear those kind of things, which does lend me to think that, and this is getting way ahead of the game, but uh, if and when we come back, and let's just say we we have sports with, with no crowd, so you're going to hear the, some of those things, I would think that moving forward then, why not have a microphone on a first base coach or a third mm -hmm. base coach and just say, hey, this is how we're going to do it because our fans really enjoyed it and we're a TV presentation for this. Let's do it. Let's have some fun with it. Put the crowd into the game as much as you can. That's one of the things I love the most about the XFL broadcast was hearing was cool. the cadence and hearing some of that ambient noise from the field. Yeah. And I don't wonder if players, we talk so much about the crowd noise and how they fed off the crowd and you know it provided a little something something for them. I don't wonder if it almost lessens the pressure because you're not hearing the fans boo you or hearing the fans react if you might just feel like a kid out there playing the game. Well, it was funny. Joe Girardi said last week, the the Phillies manager, he said it's going to be like you were in um, Legion Ball again. Yeah. You know, you're, mm -hmm. you're just playing for your mom and dad and, you know, your family and, and it's a small crowd and that's what you deal with. But again, if this is the new norm, um, I'm okay with it. I, I It's not ideal. It's not no. what I want, and I do think players feed off both being booed and being cheered. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's kind of the fun part, too. Like, we were talking about villains before. It's fun to see when Yachty goes into Cincinnati, you know, mm -hmm. batting sixth, the catcher Yachty or Molina, boo! 
everybody, boo, boo, boo. And you hear all that stuff. And, and don't think for a second he doesn't feed off of that. Oh, so for sure. If you're a player, you're going to have to find ways to get yourself amped up and get ready to play. And that's why you're a professional. Well, and outside of the money, the, the biggest reasons that Paul Goldschmidt signed the extension with the Cardinals are, A, because they bring up a lot of kids and they always have a chance to win, and B, the energy in the ballpark every mm-hmm. night. And he, he played here, but then in talking to the guys, you get an idea of how cool it is that there's energy every single night throughout the summer at Bush Stadium, and it's just not that way everywhere. Well, the, And I've talked to former players that came to St. Louis after playing wherever they were at, and now they're more open about talking because you find that all the time, guys, as you know. I mean, when guys get done playing, they just seem to be more receptive to telling it how mm-hmm. they really felt and those kind of things. And a general statement from those players was, I couldn't believe what it was like being in St. Louis. And I, and I know that sounds homerish, but it's a fact. I mean, you play down in Miami or you go to a bad year in Pittsburgh or you go to certain places that just don't draw, it's a different deal. And when you're here in St. Louis and you've got – on a Tuesday night against the Marlins in early July in a game that is somewhat meaningless, let's say, but it's just part of the schedule of baseball, and you got 40,000 people there. The Cardinals do a great job. Number one, I, I do think their game uh, in-game presentation is is awesome. The product is very good. The giveaways are really good, which is why a lot of people come down too. Mm-hmm. But it's a production, and they do a good job with it. And all those things coming together makes it a, a fun atmosphere. Looking forward to hearing your show from 10 to 11 here on 101 ESPN. Matt Vaskersian coming up, the voice of uh, Sunday Night Baseball, lead anchor uh, along with Greg Amsinger at MLB Network, and uh, get into some of those topics that we're talking about, including The Last Dance. I was, I'm was i intrigued by The Last Dance. I am. Everybody is. It's awesome. It's, it's been fun. It's great. Thanks, guys.